Hey, kids. Can you keep a secret? The secret is this. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash bonfireside chat. But don't tell nobody you did it. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. I'm John Wolfe. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat Appendix. Where we ask you to reach out and touch the demon inside of us. Yeah. And uh, again, we are joined by John Wolfe. Um, thank you for sticking with us, John. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your Skype icon, John? Um, let me look. I don't even... I haven't looked at it in a it's while. It's like a multicolor, like... It kind of looks like um, like a big roll of uh, Otter Pops, <laughs> like kind of like a the box of Otter Pops viewed from the top. Uh, let me see. Where do I even see that in this crazy new Skype UI? Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that that is a very adroit description, Gary. Yeah, that's what that's what it looks like to me. Oh, I think that is like one of that's like a default thing. I that I did not make that myself oh, or choose true. that. That is riveting radio, the way that didn't have a story behind it. <laughs> Tune in for more non-mysteries on Bonfire's that, that's, uh, that, that's my bone marrow, actually. Oh, there you go. Oh. Your rainbow bone marrow. Yeah, bone marrow. I have, a, I have, a, I have a, a rare congenital condition. Yeah. You, you had a great, great ancestor who was a clown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Osteochromitis. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rainbones for short. Yeah, rainbones, <laughs> i.e. osteochromitis. Tune, tune in, in in six weeks for pilot season, in which I do, I do something with rainbones osteochromitis. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're making magic here today, guys. <laughs> First the Star Trek idea, and now this. <laughs> it's, it's always pitch season in my mind. Um, yeah, so we, we have some errata. Yes, we and do. And we have some feedback. Yep. As we do. Um, so I'm going to start out by eating a fair helping of crow. Maybe not snuggly. Maybe not snuggly. Um, but um, <laughs> I was very insistent last week that uh, you got a soul for beating the Hellkite demon in Dark Souls, just like you do for the uh, Red Dragon in Demons. That is not the case. I was conflating the two encounters in my mind because they are indeed so similar. In fact, right after the episode, I went and looked at a YouTube video to make sure um mm-hmm. and uh yeah i was so insistent because i am a, a profoundly insecure man who is also very sensitive <laughs> um and uh I, I i was not going to take the second guessing anymore and yeah, i chose when, the wrong the, hill to die on when <laughs> so, the stakes are high like a <laughs> semi you know a semi non-professional dark souls podcast among your friends that is that is the time to, to, and i i tech i felt like a dickhead too i'm glad you looked up yourselves because yeah. yourself because i texted you as well yeah yeah you did yeah. i didn't like, respond i didn't re- i didn't respond because i wanted to make it i wanted to say it verbally as opposed to like yeah i was get out, wrong get out in front of it yeah. yeah. I Although, guess the takeaway there is that we both went and looked it up afterwards, though. So yeah. even though I may have publicly, you know, acquiesced on the show, <laughs> I also went insecurely like, that's not right. <laughs> and looked it up on the wiki. Although, so. to be fair, we also did conflate uh, one of the swords with the northern regalia. 
Yeah, yeah. We were talking about um, ah, what? Which one is it? Like so, the the soul like the, the, brand. The, the combination between soul and demon brand. Oh yeah, that that which is the northern regalia, which we are confusing with the blue blood sword, mm. which has the insane stat requirements. Yeah. Which just for not that anybody cares what playthrough we're doing, I gave up doing that playthrough for this. Did you? Yeah, it's too, it's too annoying to get that get those requirements. So I'm yeah. I'm rolling dragon longsword. Yeah. So I I decided to uh, with my faith build start working towards the uh, the meat cleaver. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the meat cleaver is amazing. Yeah, it's one of my favorite weapons in any any of these games. I thought you were gonna say that insane fucking spear. No, that you no. Can, you can get in uh in five because I've never even seen that spear. That faith spear. Yeah. That was actually what I used my my first playthrough of this game. Really? Oh, that's cool. I, yeah. I, I ended up like randomly somehow having white world tendency there and getting that spear and deciding that I needed to be able to use it. And that was just my goal. And then I guess used it for the rest of the game. Hmm. That's awesome. I wasn't aware of this spear, but uh, that just speaks to my lack of knowledge about this game compared to Dark Souls. Uh, Meat me Cleaver will serve you well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that game, that weapon's amazing. Um, moving on to a rata that's not uh, from us <laughs> or you know, to us. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and read Ryan's. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan says via contact, you don't actually need to kill Black Phantom Ralda to get the guillotine axe. Any of the axe-wielding soldiers in World 1 can drop it, though it's a pretty rare drop. I don't remember if you mentioned it, but the armor you get from Human Ralda is really good. Aside from looking awesome, it has some of the highest defenses for light armor. Female only, though. Yeah. For the reward you get from the phalanx, it's le- le- uh, lead, as in leader, demon souls. Yeah. Um, yeah, makes sense, since it is the lead demon of the phalanx. Yeah. Um, I was going to, like, <laughs> running into, a, like, a Mega Man 2 bubble lead. Bubble yeah, lead. I was going to make that joke, too. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I should probably let you have it, because I didn't make it as a joke. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't worry. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah. it, it was not a joke so much as an acknowledgement that, that it is very similar to that. Yeah. So, so I just beat you to the acknowledgement. Pretty much. Um, Ryan continues. Uh, you mentioned heavy armor as helping you survive the dragon's fire breath. One thing about demon souls is that heavy armor is pretty much completely useless. Aside from poison not existing, because you cannot upgrade armor, the defense you get is pretty low. So heavy armor doesn't have that much de- more defense than light armor. If I said that, if I was the culprit behind that uh, misspeaking, which likely uh, I am, um, I was pretty much referring to the fact that um, certain armors just have better fire resistance than others, and those tend to like heavier armors sometimes do coincide with that. I think I think I actually said it because I was talking about surviving the first pass on the one two mm. um, from that, and it and it hasn't really been my experience though. Like I st- I I will always light roll in any of these games, but putting on heavier, you know, increasing my endurance and being able to wear heavier armor, light rolling, I've found a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of different. My experience, and maybe numerically, like Ryan's right, but I have had a different experience where I've been, you know, I've received dividends from putting on, you know, the ring of uh, giant strength and, um, yeah. you know, wearing heavy armor or just pumping my endurance. Mm-hmm. So even if it's just Dumbo's feather, you know, yeah, yeah. Gets, you, gets you to take risks you otherwise wouldn't have, you know. Yeah, possibly. I think the the stat investment that you need to even really be able to take one more hit in most situations is probably not worth it, but it can make a difference, of yeah. course. Yeah. And it depends on different enemies. Like, different enemies will do different kinds of damage and hit more physically, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's a, like I feel like it's worth doing if you're not putting yourself out. Mm-hmm. Like, you want high endurance anyway. Yeah. You know, when we talk about the stat investment, like, usually it's just endurance and, like, having a, a high endurance is, again, yeah. like, that Dark Souls adage, like, it's never a waste to put points into vitality and endurance. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, yeah, and if you have a ring slot for it. It's not like, you know, Dark Souls. I will admit that's very different from Dark Souls, where, like, if I'm making a series, if I'm in a challenging run or I'm making a serious go of it, Havel's Ring is probably on the table because I want to wear heavier armor because I can upgrade it yeah. and make that huge difference. So, mm-hmm. yeah. John, what's Nick say? Okay. <laughs> so Nick says via contact, I think the comic Gary mentioned but couldn't name last in the, in the last episode was Magical Game Time. It, also, if you like that, you might like my comic, Latchkey Kingdom. And he goes on to provide a URL to this, which uh, I assume we can probably just toss into the, the links. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's sort of an affectionate parody of the Legend of Zelda franchise. I, it was Magical Game Time. Mm-hmm. That is the, the comic I couldn't remember the name of. Yeah. And I feel like I saw uh, Last Key Kingdom real briefly uh, somewhere. I didn't get a chance to d- you know deep dive on it. Mm-hmm. But I remember liking the, the aesthetic a lot. Yeah, that's um, real cool. Yeah, so definitely uh, I'll check that out more, and it'll be in the links of notes. Mm-hmm. And I recommend other people who are listening check that out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. We, we always like when people uh, <laughs> uh, pick, up, pick up the stuff that's on the tip of our tongues. Um, yeah. Especially yep. when it's cool. Yep. Uh, so Take via contact uh, says, man, that email about the player being an invading force really blew my mind more than it should have. Like those guys in the jars in World 3. I've killed hundreds of these guys in World 1. But wait, these guys in jars are completely helpless and no threat to me. Plus, they don't drop a lot of souls. I have no reason to harm. Smash the jars. Smash all of them. <laughs> Must loot all the souls in the jars. Whether it's souls or rupees in Zelda, it's a video game, so I must kill all the dudes. Smash all the pots and take all the loot. I, I'm the monster. He's like Will Smith in that one uh, in that one movie, uh, Independence Day. I am monster. (laughs) 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 Like some story aspect of the game that pointed to this morality uh, that pointed this morality out to the player would be amazing. It'd certainly uh, ring more true than the game's ostensibly good slash evil choice at the end. Since you're the lore guys, what do you think of the lore meaning for world tendency? I sort of feel like it's parallel worlds. Maybe this is the bad interpretation on my part, uh, but I always thought of white tendency as the good slash optimistic slash ideal version of the world and black as evil slash the most hellish version. So it makes sense for the pure black to open a gate to this crazy murderous Meralda lady, but uh, why does it always, but why does it open in pure white? Since she speaks, she's obviously got some sanity left and she's clearly human and not hollowfied. Uh, yet killing her in pure white or pure black doesn't change her character tendency since she's clearly evil she's clearly an evil character maybe i'm just trying to force a good slash evil interpretation that just isn't there so bringing some uh some more complexity to the world tendency uh question that we uh i think are going to constantly be wrestling with along with the nature of the nexus but i like the idea of the best of all possible slash the worst of all possible worlds here i i always thought of it as just kind of a an uh extant metaphor for like when you do good good comes to you yeah yeah you know like th- that being a true thing in real life you know and just kind of being expressed in in the game um even though it's not always true in that like good things happen to you so like for example in 4-1 getting to pure white tendency will free uh sasuke um you know down in the beginning and uh he's a real dick heel <laughs> and uh, will do terrible things so the uh it's for the most part that's how i've always thought of it um an actual lore uh explanation though i don't have like, um, you know, the same way, I guess, like the same way other worlds are because other players, the way they play will enter will interact with your your tendency. So the same kind of, you know, why me, why that 
makes uh you know you see be able to summon other phantoms and everything like that just kind of like membranes between worlds being weakened and influencing each other i guess yeah um yeah i I do want to talk i mean i guess i don't want to talk about too much now but when we get to the last episode um i feel like the game's ending is not that cut and dry no it's not um for for this so i mean i i've got a pretty strong i have a stronger theory about that ending than i do of the dark souls one Mm -hmm. or at least i'm more sure of it it's not necessarily a stronger theory Right. But I feel I feel it's more thematically complete. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on World Tendency, John? Um, you know, I always really thought of it as more of a a gameplay thing that you know it's it's a good gameplay idea. I I mean, what what sort of lore explanation is there really going to be other than basically what Gary said? You know, everybody's worlds are kind of touching, you know, affecting each other. But even that is more, you know. It's the it's the basic you know the the whole kind of metaphor that the the online play is based on anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also like to to smash things, even though more heartbreaking than the guys in the jars. I'm surprised you didn't mention are the ones that just kind of paw at your hem. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, those man. guys who have a mechanic like that is a heartbreaking thing where those guys oh. have a mechanical effect where you're trying to get somewhere or get out of the way and have to kill them because they're just holding you back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't wait to talk about fucking Latria. Latria yeah, is La- so good. The, the, the more that I think, the more that, that I marinate on it. Latria probably is one of my favorite areas in any game. Yeah. Latria. I agree. Is, yeah. Latria is amazing um, on, on all accounts. Yeah. I, I have extremely vivid memories of my first time playing through three one still just like i was wearing headphones very close to the tv just like oh my god that bell (laughs) i've said it before with my student workers that's his text ringtone not because he likes this game just because one of the out of the box ones on whatever his phone is sounds just like it so i'm like saying they were typing on my computer and just like ding ding and i'm just like oh shit so you work in latria then (laughs) yeah exactly i'm a a latrian clerk yeah Um, (laughs) yeah yeah, you know, the uh, yeah, and this uh, this section which we're uh, uh, affectionately naming just fun in um, for the for the just fun in portion of the, of the errata. Um, Charles Pierce says something I really like about Demon Souls load screens is how they introduce famous people that the player character would know of by reputation. It's easy for me to imagine that my dude would have heard of Saint Urbain or Garl Vinland, but not actually know anything about them. Yeah. We we talked about that a little bit, but uh, I couldn't think of a place. It wasn't quite errata, and it wasn't quite a response to anything we were going to talk about in this. But uh, the load screens are definitely very effective here. I'm not sure if I like the character portraits more than just showing you item descriptions. Um, I mm-hmm. think that because the item descriptions are the seat of most of the lore... Um, in these games, perhaps a little bit more so in Dark Souls. Uh, just the idea that the more you die, the more you learn about the world. I, I, I like that a little bit more. Um, however, the, Charles does make a very good point. It, it's much more so in Dark Souls. So like lore, the item descriptions in this game are the ones that are relevant to lore are rare. Mm-hmm. So like if you if they replaced, they wouldn't be able to do that for this game because you, you didn't gain light, item descriptions for like the steel shield mm-hmm. and the you know and the club. You yeah. know, mostly like the item descriptions are just not nearly as, as effective. So like, it makes sense. I would have liked more, like I would have liked more robust item descriptions in this game yeah, or that sure. tied into lore, you know? And that's, that's just one of the big advantages of dark souls over Demon souls. Like I do this too. I think that by the end of this podcast, like it would be good to disavow ourselves of a dark souls versus demon souls mentality. 
Mm-hmm. Like I keep comparing them to in a way, like a qualitative way. And it's not, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be like a contest. Yeah. You know, I don't even know about that. I just think they just do, they, they do different, different things. Well, although I did just a minute ago say, I like the loading screens in yeah. Dark Souls better. <laughs> so yeah. If, yeah, even if I say it a different way, I feel it a different way. I guess, I guess it just like the, they're, it's too interconnected to the, the being as a whole. Yeah. You know, like the Dark Souls ones do that because the lore is told through item descriptions. Mm-hmm. The Demon Souls ones don't do that because the lore isn't told in item descriptions. Yeah. And there's a little bit more of these. Each world is kind of tied to these major players, yeah. you know, in the thing. So they're arguably more important. Yeah. You know, than, than, so I it's guess it's a lot more repetitive this way, though. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, that's definitely true. Even though they're visually kind of more interesting. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. like a long time, I had um, the uh, uh, Biora, the Twin Fangs, as my desktop. <laughs> um, I just the, the 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 Mephistopheles one makes her like like a really like gaunt old dude. Yeah, which, because yeah. Of that I, mask I, I she wears. Wait. I I have to do that fucking quest because I've never done anything with her. Yeah, yeah I've never and, done um, that either. Yeah, we'll probably talk about that in the wrap up, I guess, since it happens it's pretty overarching although we could probably talk about it when we get to uh when we get to uh what's his name yurt 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 Yurt, the silent chief (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's how that's how she says it like she Mm -hmm. sounds like swedish when she says yurt (laughs) um Um, i'll do these next two in the just funnin section (laughs) (laughs) but uh these are things that are happening on the facebook group because our fans make really awesome stuff um, in response yeah. to this. So we, we, we appreciate it. And I want people to uh, know that they are recognized and acknowledged for it. So Leonard Bigsler on Facebook, um, I posted a funny little gif of, uh, of, of two dogs running and just completely knocking over uh, a little baby who was toddling along. Yeah, human baby. A human baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I said, Hey, Capra. And it's like, Haha. and then he actually edited a gif and put Capra demon in and uh, put in the, you died tag at the end. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things so if you if you joint share like a facebook account uh-huh. i don't get all of the notifications when things happen yeah so cole must have gotten this notification when i logged in next it wasn't there so i'm just now looking at this for the first time and it's fucking incredible <laughs> it, <laughs> like, it is this pretty is, amazing this is so good yeah <laughs> like, i just uh, the fucking weird little puppet version of capra on the right <laughs> makes me want one of those boxing nun versions of capra like yeah. so bad well well, well what, he, what he did was he just overlaid parts of the capra demon it looks like like a close-up model or uh like a like <laughs> like a concept art and then just had it jitter with like the dad he was like crawling alongside the kid mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really good like this is this is great yeah well, good good job <laughs> yes we really appreciate the effort that you put into this <laughs> that'll be in the show notes i need to close it because i'm going to keep laughing yeah that's that's really good yeah good good job <laughs> good on you um and then finally allison baker um perennial super fan we've mentioned her work a couple times uh but uh she is a lego wizard i, I think it's she- safe to say that's true. Yeah. So uh, she's done um, <laughs> uh, versions of several scenes in the games. Uh, but uh, since the last time we convened to record, she did Demon Souls 1, 1, 1, 2, 2, 1. She did a version of our logo. And then mm-hmm. on a dare from something awful, she did a version of the gaping dragon mowing down on Gary as I watched and laughed on. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> The, uh, yeah. And they're they're awesome. Yeah. Like, I feel like she should, you know, send the stuff into like. 
I don't know, bigger, bigger things than us. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of fan art collectives and, mm-hmm. and aggregates and stuff. I've seen those. Like there's like, yeah. fuck yeah, dark souls that tumblr.com yep. and stuff like it'll definitely get, mm-hmm. get some traction because I'm, they, they look really good. I'm talking with her about like a way that we can incorporate those into the site actually. Oh, cool. So, so yeah, no, we just, we, we just want to, they, they, this will be included in the, uh, in the, in the show notes. I've got, uh, all of them downloaded. I will send you the links to them, Gary, but, uh, okay. we want to draw everybody's attention to this. Because uh, they fucking rule. Yep. Very, very good work, Allison. Yes. All right. And now on to the actual responses about this part. Are we up to John? I or... think so. Yeah, that was the order, right? Yeah, yeah. Gary Cole, yep. John? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Murph Murphy says via Facebook, there's something that rubs me the wrong way about this whole of Stonefang Tunnel. The brown color palette, enemies with large amounts of health, and the claustrophobic tunnels with blind turns with cheap hits from hidden enemies. This area is redeemed by the boss, which is challenging but fair. You can engage the spider from ranged or close and have a very different fight experience. 2-1 didn't break me the first time I played. That honor belongs to its brother 2-2, but it did soften me up. I am so with you on the color palette. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. this response is unique in that uh, he's the only person I think who is charitable towards the armor spider. Oh, interesting. No. Yeah, I, I don't hate the armor spider. No, I like, I like the armor dark... spider a lot. It, yeah. it, it was really hard the first time I did it, but I enjoyed I, I, it. Yeah, I end up liking all the Dark Souls bosses. Like once I can figure out what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. I just end up like respecting them enough, and it divorces how many times I died from them. It even happened with the Four Kings, yeah. which was like my my you know perpetual like hate object. You know, eventually, mm-hmm. like I came around to like I can you know I kind of get it. Like, yeah, you know. Four Kings here. was more your hate object than Bed of Chaos? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, much more so. Like, Bed of Chaos, I had a weirdly easy time with. Like, I, I, it was spoiled for me how to do it, to be fair. Like, I didn't go into it okay. without, you know, totally clueless. But someone just said, you know, it's, it's, you know, you don't fight him. Like, you, you have to, and yeah. then I figure out you have to destroy the things and stuff. And he was annoying, but he, Four Kings, I've died to more than any boss in, in Dark Souls, other than perhaps Manus. Mm-hmm. I guess I still hate Manus. Now that yeah. I think about it, I haven't gotten past that point where I'm like, oh, I like Manus. I hate yeah. Manus. Yeah, Manus um, can go. Yeah. <laughs> um, to the abyss. Then, like he's already yeah. in the abyss. Fuck. Yeah. There's no, what can you take away from Manus? Yeah. Um, I, I hope that Dusk never blows him a kiss. I hope that she <laughs> she circles the end on his "Do you like me?" note. That he. The um, but like I I get and but you know due to the show looking at things from a lore perspective like everything stands up when you start looking at it examining it from all angles like we do for the podcast sure you know um i feel like ceaseless discharge actually is also kind of underratedly shitty like yeah. people don't acknowledge how bad that fight is sometimes yeah mostly because like, a lot of people don't do the fight yeah yeah you know? that, that that's the only reason that i don't talk about how bad it is just because like if you're fighting the ceaseless discharge you're inflicting that on yourself he's yeah, also got but- such cool lore shit yeah. Going on too, so he's got cool lore shit, and yeah, you're inflicting on it yourself. But I mean, it's it's a valid choice to make. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's I've I've done it. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it, it's shitty that it's a choice between an awful experience or something that you would you would need to like learn on a wiki or a forum. Yeah. Yeah. Like that choice is kind of bullshit. But yeah. Well, the, the ceaseless, I mean, I've said this before. I naturally outran ceaseless the first mm-hmm. time, which is probably part of why I'm so charitable to him. Mm-hmm. Like it, for me, it wasn't about the boss fight. It was like a holy shit. You can do that. Like, like <laughs> yeah. Combat. So, hey, yeah. You're one of the lucky people that like got that. I mean, I, the first time I, I toughed it out and just, you know, 
tried to sit there and hit him with soul spears and shit and yeah. it worked eventually but my instinct was to run back to that little diversion that you get that gets you as far back away from him as opposed to running mm-hmm. to the entrance so yeah oh i i hate uh centipede demon yeah centipede demon can go uh yeah he can go yeah it's pretty much in hell fuck yeah yeah (laughs) i hope i hope princess dust never kisses the centipede demon (laughs) Um, (laughs) anywho that's that's a different game yeah Um, sam anderson continues to talk about demon souls and uh he says i fear i'll never really understand the mechanical spider even after 100 hours of Dark Souls, I died maybe 15 to 20 times to the spider, and even then only beat it by putting on heavy armor, farming for half-moon grass, and applying turpentine. That, there, there's your problem right there. Um, <laughs> is this just my soul's weak point? Is there an easy solution I missed? I felt like I had no defensive vocabulary, emphasis, Burn. in that tight space. Um, it was like Capra all over again. Yeah, um, he's really immune to fire, so don't yeah. use turpentine. Yeah, <laughs> try sticky white stuff. Yeah, try. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, try sticky white stuff, or just try ranged yeah. stuff. Yeah, if you if you're playing not ranged, like I get what you, I you know, I understand, but like that really is the secret that unlocks this boss. Yeah. So, which might speak to the whole. Uh, yeah, I think that you make a really good point, and that two one, if for a certain build is like it is. Uh, an ever escalate okay it's the it's the street signs and peewee's big adventure saying don't go this way yeah <laughs> or or the graveyard in dark souls i suppose yeah to use, yeah. To use the souls example like you know it, it wants you to go uh if you're gonna play that way go hang out somewhere else I, and they, they give you like um not in latria but really early on or well not really early on relatively early on in four uh they give you a good bow you know so like if you want to try to take it that way and three you can get magic weapons Mm-hmm. Um, and in five, you get the blast mace. So in all the other levels you can go to, you'll, you can get something that will make this much easier. Yeah. Then oh. they shouldn't have numbered them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree that they shouldn't have numbered them. Yeah. Like that. Uh, sure. We haven't talked about how weird of a choice that is, but yeah, and, and like that, like that specifically makes our life difficult because I have to go into the title tag and type in world one dash one comma dash world wars. yeah and it makes our episode sound really bland yeah but like today we're talking about three one yeah. like what what, what, what it's do you like about I, like I, I would love for this to be the like like the stone fang foundry and then the stone fang mines and then the den of the ancient dragon and i almost like thought like why don't we just name them that but then they, nobody they would know names. what the fuck we talk about. No, they oh, don't. I guess they don't have names. They, they, they don't. Have... It's, it's just the archstone of the thing before it. So when we, yeah. so it'd be pre, it would be yeah. pre-taped call-in show where we say, "Hey, <laughs> we're talking about the armor spider uh, archstone." Okay, so you just bought the armor spider. <laughs> yeah, but not the armor spider itself. Just the, uh, yeah. it's just the, the first archstone has the name of the the thing. Yeah. In it. So yeah, so we can refer to them as that, I guess. But yeah, rather than just saying numbers, but yeah, that numbering decision is perplexing. Yeah. As no. all shit out. Like, yeah, it's, mm, yeah, my, mm-hmm. my lexical tendons tendencies, please. Is it me? Is this, is this my yeah. turn? Okay. Yeah. William via the contact form says Stonefang tunnel tunnel two one was the first time in the soul series where I felt like I was invading someone's home. As you pass the gates with the rocks being thrown as a warning of do not enter, you come face to face with simple troll like monsters who seem to be just doing their jobs of mining precious minerals until one monster motions towards you with a rage. Then it's on. The level gave me a slight sadness, uh, a slight sad feeling 
um, as I was intruding on their land in a way that was provoking them. Ah, demon souls, how you mix up my emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. V- very much intentional. Yep. Like that. Yeah. that's what the game wants you to feel ambivalent about all the stuff you're doing. Ambivalent? Um, yeah, like you're like, does ambivalent not mean what I think it does? Indifferent. Like uh, I, I always picture that being like, yeah, I can take it, take it or leave it. Conflicted? Oh, um, conflicted about it? Conflicted. Yeah. Let me. He wants uh, you to feel the guilt when you backstab those bag carriers. <laughs> yeah, I I always thought like what I meant was you feel you can you, see that yeah mixed feelings. You feel non Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Don't don't try to. You're, take, you're not the only lexical one here, Ross. <laughs> and believe it means having mixed feelings or contradictory ideas. Oh, okay. So that's exactly cool. what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I always conflate ambivalent with uh, with indifferent. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're meant to feel ambivalence about what you do. Hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Greer, by contact says, two one always mm. seems like the longest level in the Souls uh, games to me, even though I know objectively it is not. Playing for the first time though, it's easy to get ground up by this particular level. This is probably the first time you notice that your weapons aren't doing much damage to the mobs. This is the first time you've seen enemies spit fire at you from halfway across the room. It's probably the first time you encounter dogs, the most annoying enemy in Dark or Demons. And it's the first time you seriously expect a shortcut to materialize at any fucking time, and it doesn't. (laughs) Um, Eventually it does, but not until you fall for every one of the level's dirty tricks. Oh hey, a shiny bridge breaks. And die a million times to Luddites carrying pickaxes. (laughs) Um, another band that me and John were in. Um, <laughs> even when you finally unlock the shortcut, hopefully discovering the super cool blacksmith along the way, it's literally a million miles to get back to the boss fight. Hope you remember <laughs> to send that elevator back up, a la New Londo, because that's even more time added on to a lengthy trek. My first playthrough was a sorcerer, and basically had no issues with Robo Quelag at all. <laughs> um, my dodging skills were on point, and my soul arrows flew straight and true. My second time was with a halberd and was much more difficult. Not only can her spider goose slow you down, if you venture too far to the side in an attempt to hide from her AoE attacks, the walls will drop goo on you and slow you down as well. Fantastic. I've not seen that. Um, Now that I think about it, every level in Demon's Souls seems like the longest level in any Souls game, right up until you master it. And then uh, the game introduces more misery to you. Oh God, 2-2 is coming, isn't it? (laughs) That is. Indeed it is. Yes, which I think two t- I with all things aside, all you know, dim- dementia of space aside, I think two two is the biggest level. Yeah. Uh, in this game, and maybe in any of the Souls games, like two mm-hmm. two is ridiculous. Yeah. You could also right? just you can skip through it really fast though too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like it, you can do it, you can do it really easy and quick. Like the shortcut is already open for two two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can just drop straight down to the end and just go. You gotta yeah. have faith. Yeah, exactly. Gotta, if you take a step forward. Uh, but otherwise, it's the longest, most confusing fucking like. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we skipped Joe, though. We did skip Joe in the notes, so go ahead and take Joe. Okay. Uh, Joe says via contact, I like 2-1 very much. It really drives home the idea of the player being an invading force and leads to a lot of fun speculation. What was happening in Stonefang before you arrived? It's only lines of defense are a few fat officials and some dogs. Most of the miners don't want anything to do with you, but you can tell which ones are cruising for a bruising by their glowing yellow eyes. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't notice that. And sometimes they have their hmm. backs turned to you before they're already like coming at you. Yeah. But yeah. 
I get the impression that the miners were once human slaves whose free will was slowly replaced with the drive to do nothing but dig, perhaps brought on by the scaly disease they appear to have. I believe it's a slowly progressive disease because we can see that blacksmith Ed clearly has a more severe case than Baldwin. Another thing I didn't notice. Perhaps the reason Ed cannot leave or does not want to leave Stonefang is because the disease is driving him to stay in mine, but the humanity he has left has channeled it into master blacksmithing. <laughs> yeah, so I never thought of the uh, of the scalification as being a corruption. Um, Me either. I, I, so, so some of the feedback last time kind of indicated that Ed and Baldwin were of the same race as the uh, as as the miners that you find in Stonefang, which isn't necessarily mutually exclusive uh, to this idea of you know some kind of corruption. However, I, I for, for for some reason it's easier for me to believe that this is actually like a native um, kind of clan to this area. Even if they were once humans, I kind of like the idea of them maybe being corrupted. Like they they it's the same way like you know kingfish lost their sight. Mm, yeah. You know, like they have these kind of big eyes. They're growing scales because they're constantly exposed to heat and, and sparks and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like it being more of an evolutionary thing rather than a, a corruption. That would make um, sense. Because yeah. they, the, uh, there's not like a big corrupting. Like the dragon god is not a corrupting force here. Um, like all of the things, you know, were here. Like the description for the flame lurker says he's an ancient demon that was set up to guard. You know, the description for the dragon god says that they worship him. Like there's no clear corrupting force unless just kind of being around fat officials, you know, <laughs> does does this to you. So like it could be a thing, but I just tend to think of it as even if they were human, these are just kind of racial adaptations mm. that they have. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's not, it's, it's not an unsound idea. Like, and the idea, like in the one still, skill scene, or still scene, it does, Ed and Baldwin do have like kind of different scaling mm-hmm. on them. I kind of just looked at that as if, you know, the same way, like if you're drawing a wall in a comic book, you don't always draw every brick, mm-hmm. you know, so it just kind of suggesting scaling on their yeah. body. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Levi says via contact, I came here immediately after 1-1 based on a friend's recommendation. Since I was still human, I was immediately invaded and dick-punched by a stranger. (laughs) (laughs) This was a preview of things to come. For whatever reason, I found this area relentlessly confusing and irritating, Uh, more so than any other area in the game. The only bright spot was meeting Patches and having that feeling of, oh, thank God, a familiar face. Do you meet Patches here? Yes, in 2-2. Oh, okay. Yep, you are correct. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, on a side note, in the last episode, you guys mentioned the hollows in Boletaria and the wooden masks they wear. I was surprised that you guys didn't mention the fact that the snipers in Blighttown wear the same masks. I thought it was pretty slick when I noticed it. Yeah, how did we not uh, bring that up? I, I Because I didn't know it. Yeah, good. I, I feel like now that I think about it, I'm totally like it totally makes sense. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't put it together. I, I, have a, I have a very clear picture of that in my head. but Yeah, I just I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> micro stroke. Um, <laughs> yeah. Micro stroke. Micro stroke. Um, yeah. I have not played uh, at any. Uh, I've never human in Demon Souls. Yeah. I feel like I should be because I should probably get some PvP experience. But um, should, I read about but PvP is so much weaker than in Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> I I, I want to be able to speak to it. I just haven't been able to do it. I I read online about um, when you do invade here, you invade against because this level demands such a specific build 
and equipment type, you invade against that. So you don't use fire weapons and you come prepared to defend against magic. Hmm. And, uh, you know, you can break through their defenses and you have high defense against what they're probably using as offense. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting idea. And I've never seen it in Dark Souls when in PvP. Like, there's no, there aren't as many areas that dictate a build in Dark Souls. Yeah. Is that a fair statement? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, like, I, I feel like that that's a cool PvP idea. Like, you know what people are probably going to be using when they go through here, so you should fight against it. Um, but, yeah, I, I, need, I need to spend some time human just to check it out. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure how much action there is these days. I actually I went through the whole thing human last night and I didn't get invaded at all. Hmm. I, I it was kind of late at night. It was like 10, but still like 10 central. I felt like if I was playing Dark Souls for an hour and a half in a level human, like <laughs> I would have been yeah. invaded. Yeah. The, 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 there's been some conversation about this on the Facebook page, specifically with uh, Jeremy Greer talking about like saying, "Hey, if you think the old monk is dead, he's actually not because, you know, like that's actually fairly active. Uh, like I think that the PVP is probably spread to specific places like the old monk, as opposed to dark souls where you're going to find more kind of like naturally occurring encounters. Yeah, yeah maybe that's probably, <laughs> I, I definitely saw phantoms of people that were clearly dueling and in, in the little clearing and for one. Yeah. So yeah, I know yeah. that still goes down, but yeah. yeah. Um, Dustin says via contact. Stonefang Tunnel completely crushed my confidence after f- defeating the Tower Knight. I felt that this area was unforgivably rigged with traps, uh, pickaxe ambushes, collapsing bridges, exploding minecarts, etc. At, f- um, at first, the boulder obstacle seemed like a kind of joke, a simple pattern type of things. But I remember trying to rush through the boulder debris, getting hit over and over by the exploding after effect of, the boulder, er, of boulder A, and then getting destroyed by boulder B. Also, I'm not afraid to admit that I was chased out of the mining area by a combination of fireballs, a surprise pack of dogs, and pretty much nowhere else to run except for the way I came in and being (laughs) smacked by the boulders because of my low endurance and dogs to my ankles, which is an embarrassing but also hilarious way to go. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks, Dustin. Yeah. And then finally, Jeremy, uh, or is it my turn or your turn? I don't remember. No. I f- Go ahead. Say it at the really same short. time and harmonize. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy says via contact. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Jeremy says via contact. What do you think of the gender-specific armor system in the game? Is this something you'd like to see return in Dark Souls 2? Hmm. Hmm. I don't like it in Demon Souls, personally, because I don't feel like there are enough armor sets in general. For it to mm-hmm. be, to, I just don't like having any more restrictions on the armor that I'm wearing than there already are. If there was but, a Dark Souls or more amount of armor, then maybe I'd be down. Yeah, I like the, I, I mean, I don't know, because, yeah, I think it, I would echo what you're saying. In Demon Souls, it tends to be a frustration because, uh, you know, I'll find a special armor and I want to check it out. And then I can't because I'm not a lady character. And then I realize armor doesn't matter. And I kind of just started, you know, just kind of min-maxing it. Um, in a Dark Souls environment, like if you had kind of uh, different, um, you know, I guess similar to Pokemon, where you'd have kind of different expressions of the same thing. So like, like a, a, a female armor and then a male counterpart, and they had different kind of benefits mm-hmm. to them. I could see that being interesting, but eventually, I think you'd boil it down to I like this armor, so I'm gonna choose this gender. Like that gender difference on its own, without any other factors leading into it. Like I feel like it needs other things to help influence the choice. Yeah. You know, yeah. more, op- more opportunities for opportunity cost. 
I don't so much like it because I think that we're trained to view character gender selection as being purely cosmetic, uh, like outside of so uncomfortable things in like an Elder Scrolls game where the female version of a race will have like less strength or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but just kind of like, just in general, it's kind of like, Oh, um, I'm going to play a lady, uh, a lady character because I generally play lady characters in this game. And then the opposite, you know, for the same reason, um, for that to have an effect and to, to hit a wall that's like, Oh, that wasn't arbitrary, but it wasn't arbitrary for an important reason just for this kind of like minor one. Yeah. Kinda, like, like, like kind of to me seems like a weird way to gate things. I was about to draw a comparison to like final fantasy tactics where only, f only females can be uh, dancers and only men can be bards. But even that it's like, you're, you're bound to have like a spread. So it's like, okay, I know that, Okay, so I can't get that, but I have a number of other characters who can get that, so it's not immediately immediately locked out. Whereas in this, you only have one character that you can play as throughout a yeah. single playthrough for forty plus hours, right? They could right. kind of split the difference too, and have every armor set be usable by both genders, like in Dark Souls, and like it would look slightly different, but maybe it could have slightly different stats. Yeah, that huh. would be weird. Yeah, that would that would be you know that would be interesting too. I I guess like when the thing I picked up in what Cole said is like how arbitrary it is. Like, you know, I can wear a dress. Yeah. Like if if I felt like a dress would make me more fireproof and I was going up and fighting against a fire monster, mm -hmm. like I'd I'd you know I'd put on a dress. Like fuck it, <laughs> you know. Like the uh, so I I would almost feel like I feel like it probably is a mistake. Um, and the fact that they moved away from it for Dark Souls yeah. is is a good thing. Like, you know, having, you know, that makes me think also of like, and I, it kind of plays against uh, the whole idea that like your beginning choices don't matter in any, any way. So I was thinking mm -hmm. about like, what about That's class true. specific equipment? Yeah. Well, no, like your starting class doesn't matter. That's like a mainstay of this thing. Like all the choices you're making in the beginning are, are all temporary. Mm -hmm. That's you true. Know? It I think does run counter to that. And that's really important. Yeah. yeah like having that flexibility is really uh, a strength. So I, I'd say, I think on, on the whole, the, uh, the tribunal is against it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to hear what people think yep. who, uh, who are listening. Um, if you're into it or you, you can think of a cool way to implement it. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh-huh. And that's all the responses. We would like to thank you so much, everybody who participated. Um, again, just every appendix that we get is better than the last. So uh, you, you'll just, an incredibly engaged and informed and awesome community that we have here. So hats off to you all. Yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah. Um, we'd encourage you to continue to contribute. Um, if you have thoughts about two, two and two, three, um, which I, I know you guys do, mm -hmm. uh, go to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact and please share those with us. Or go to duckfeed.tv, sorry, um, facebook.com slash uh, bonfireside chat, where you can join the conversation there. Uh, the call goes out there as well. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you get to see all these awesome gifts and stuff that people are making mm -hmm. and images and, and what have you. So it's a fun place to be. If you hate Facebook, I understand. Mm -hmm. However, if you're on Facebook, you should probably join the, the Bonfireside Chat Facebook group. Yes. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. In addition, um, you know, check out our other shows, uh, watch our fireballs, abject suffering, those damn Ross kids, the level the pitch pilot season. Um, it's a whole network, you guys. Yeah. It's a whole network. Um, you know, growing all the time. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So check those things out. Follow us on Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. I'm Gary Buh at, uh, G A R Y B U H. Mm -hmm. 
I am at Cole Ross, K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S. And John is at... <laughs> I am at Lemon underscore Seltzer. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, and is there anything else we want to... Admin it up. Uh, Duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. If you're going to be buying any th- anything off of Amazon, um, do it through that link, and uh, the network gets a little bit of a cu- uh, kickback from that. Helps yep. cover hosting and things like that. Watch out for Fireball's live show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Portland Retro Gaming Expo. That's me and Cole's other show. Um, I'm sure there are people who listen to this who don't listen to that uh, because you like Souls and you don't like old games, but you like us. So if you're in the Pacific Northwest, uh, please go to the Portland Retro Games Expo. It is a good time. Even if you, you know, we don't know what day we're having our panel. We have a booth set up all weekend, though, that is interactive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is not just, uh, you know, us selling stuff and then also doing a panel. We are doing a um, a whole user interaction thing on Super Mario Kart mm-hmm. for the SNES. So come, um, you know, complete a level. Tell us what you think about it. Um, you know, get on the leaderboards, do some time trials. And uh, have a generally good old time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's just about it. Yeah, so uh, so until next time, Cole, what should they do? Don't stop. So the world might be mended. Mbasa. 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 Soul of the mind. Key to life's ether. <laughs> Key to life's ether. <laughs> so the law. Rich from its vessel. Vessel. Rich from its vessel. Vessel. This island chief. So few voices to impersonate in yeah. Demon Souls. That was a bold jump indeed. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm heartbroken. As, like, you, you were not shitting me about finding dialogue for this game. Yep, this is going to be a much poor, more poorly produced season of this. And just wait, wait for season three and see how many fucking voice samples we can find from. Key to life's ether. Yeah, wait, I lost it and it turned into strong bad. Yeah, it turned into, it turned into strong bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do my Junior Adel- Adelberg impression, but. Uh... The fuck's Junior Adelberg? <laughs> the, the, we, we, we had this last time. It was the, uh, the that character from Home Movies. The oh, hall. Okay. Oh, Everybody's yeah, making yeah. fun of me. Oh no! <laughs> Fuck no! Oh, oh yeah! Yeah yeah. Okay. So hey. <laughs> some, some audio drinking you're doing there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you drink that right into the mic during the show? <laughs> Here, wait a second. Let's yes. do it at the same time. Pepsi. <sighs> this mm. podcast is brought to you by Pepsi Do. The taste of a new generation. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Oh, hey, John. Hi, how's it going? It's going fine. How are you? Pretty good. Cool. Decent. Hey, John. Hi, Gary. What's hey, up? <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> dream phone. Dr- t- um, dream phone? What? Yeah, it's not, it's not like we're having like a... Uh, you know, a real like kind of girls' party chat. Oh, I, I I am I am laying stomach down on a bed with my ankles up in the air and <laughs> twisting a lock of my hair around a forefinger. Me too. And I'm, I'm sitting not... in a notebook. I'm writing uh, Gary Ross, yeah. Mr. Gary Ross, over and over. Yeah. Does that notebook <laughs> yeah. have a lock on it, Gary? Huh? Uh, yeah. It's a, it's voice activated. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it has a lock, but essentially any piece of metal will do. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> but it's probably got a warning on the front, I would assume, at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not for yeah. government documents. Yeah. The, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A curse upon any brother, little brothers who sneak their way into this secret diary. Oh, my gosh. I also didn't tell you guys that I joined the, the Little Brothers Little Sisters program, so I had to put those kind of warnings around my house. <laughs> little Brothers Little Sisters? Is that where you get, like, a young person to bring hope back into your life? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's an empty single man in his early 30s. Yeah. <laughs> and you can adopt a little little albino boy. Pepe. You adopt Pepe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Change his name. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> we could call you Gary Junior or Gerju for short. Yeah, yeah, little, little Gerju, little uh, Peppa Gerju. <laughs> Peppa Gerju. <laughs> Junior Elsberg. Key to life's ether. So, <laughs> no, not for an open beta. Oh, like, if it's open, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or not. I mean, it's it's a limited. Like, not everybody gets into it, but like, they're not going to get fucking Boner Lord forty three to. You know, abide by an NDA. Yeah, yeah so, that wouldn't know. work out well. Brewdruid ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually, I might actually have an account somewhere under Brewdruid. <laughs> Seriously? No, no. I'm... Oh, like yeah. I made. I was at PAX and was joking with some, you know, some lady who was talking about like somehow we got into this idea of like secret Starbucks message boards, oh, yeah. and I revealed that I was secretly Brewdruid ninety nine. <laughs> the, the admin but it didn't uh yeah it didn't land you know it landed fine she was, i think she said um she's like oh that's funny like <laughs> it was fine it, she was uh you know she was a pax bull she wasn't like a regular bull mm. so she was uh you know her boyfriend came over and then just talked to us about league of legends no matter how many times we said we didn't play key to life's ether mbasa <laughs> mm-hmm. that worked that worked well mm-hmm. Thank you for playing along with my psychosis. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Can I go use the restroom real quick? Yeah. No. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, fuck yeah, gone home. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. It's so good, and it broke my heart real good. Mm-hmm. Me too. Oh, man. Like... It, yeah, it was so much like Dear Esther, but then just put Dear Esther to shame in like every way. I think it's a lot better than Dear Esther. Like yeah, I, I like I Dear Esther, but Dear Esther is like a, a you know vaguely you know a non-interactive poem. Yeah, like first-person poetry. You know, this is like there's a there's a thing behind it that you know just giving you minor actions to do increases your connection. Yeah, well, and it just it's, felt a lot more like kind of human and less pretentious yeah yeah it's a smaller story mm-hmm. which i can i can appreciate yeah me uh, too yeah and and also you know it just it spoke to like you know something that doesn't happen in games like you don't have realistic non-dysfunctional regular humans yeah. in games like that's worth lauding when it happens and uh you know expanding the the boundaries of what a game can be about and you know what it can you know make you feel like I like the strongest thing I took away from that game was like relive, reliving and remembering how fun it can be to be in love when you're young. Yeah, you know, like, there yeah. are a lot of dark things I took from it too, but I was just kind of like really swept up uh, in in just that that idea. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. I just I thought like it, it was cool how like they I felt like it had like kind of really big game sort of moments that were 
disguised or just kind of I don't think really organically fit into other things. Like finding a tape was always huge for me. I was like, oh fuck yeah, another tape. Yeah, you know, exactly. then you could look around the room, find the tape player to put it in, and then just sit there and listen to it. Yeah, so it was like it's, a uh, like a collectible, but not. Yeah, exactly. It was like something it's something you find a collectible to give you like a bit of story or a bit of lore, you know. But it was like a it was just a girl punk tape. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Which was really like, and also I liked how that colored the rooms you're in. So like, if you're in a certain room and you start you know blasting this Bratmobile song, and then you know looking around the room, like it just kind of like felt like a really appropriate soundtrack. Yeah. For it. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, that that game is great. Like I, I have you know no no regrets, and I feel like if not, you know, by the end of the year, other games could possibly come out that end up being my favorite thing. But I feel like it's just really important. I don't even, um, yeah, I don't even know of anything that's going to come out that I feel like is likely to rival it for me. No, but... all that I could think of is a machine for pigs. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to a machine for pigs, but I feel like I'm worried based on knowing the games that you know. Uh, Amnesia is not so different from Penumbra, mm-hmm. you know, at least in, in tone and kind of theme and everything like that. Like, what I want from A Machine for Pigs is a perfect, you know, another perfect horror game. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting it to do too, like, too much new. Just just by the sheer fact that it is pulling from that legacy, like, you know, Penumbra and then the first Amnesia and then it's developed by the Chinese Room, gives yeah. me a lot of hope that they're going to do something really special with it. They very well could. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they very well could. And I might end up having, like, a very enjoyable, like, a, not necessarily enjoyable, but whatever the the word is for fun through fear mm-hmm. that the, that those games do with that game. A like, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. Too. Yeah, very potent experience. It's a good way to put it. I'm sure I will. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's coming out, like, next week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. sucks, too, because I don't really have time budgeted to play it yeah. until probably at least next weekend. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be as important as Gone Home, but in terms of in terms of just an overall effect on me, it might uh and just because of my own biases. So that's yeah. that that's the only reason that I bring it up as a possible uh contender, if not equal. When does um when does Transistor come out? Does that have a release date? I don't know. Cause that might split the difference really well, like in being like really, really fun to play, but also something that's gonna break my heart a whole bunch. I'm not even aware of Transistor. What is that? It's the follow-up to Bastion. Oh, okay, that's right. I, was that coming? Is, is that coming out this year? Is it? Is it a direct tie? Uh, no, it is a, a thematic, and there are gameplay um, similarities to mm. it. It's not a direct tie. Okay. Um, but it's there are some thematic similarities, and then also, uh, but like totally different setting. Yeah. Same kind of perspective, probably same like similar engine with the just better art assets. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia is saying that it's expected for release in 2014. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't think of too much that's coming out this year other than a machine for pigs that I'm that psyched about. Hmm. Yeah. I really liked how, um, how gone home kind of, it, it really, it took me a bit by surprise because I went into it knowing nothing. And at first I thought it was going to be like, I mean, it, I guess it's, I'm sure it's the same for everyone, but you know, it really gives you this feeling of like at first, you know, like, is something going to jump out at you? Is this going to be a horror game for the first, like, 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's, like, you, you kind of, like, slowly, it slowly dawns on you that, like, there's no possible way anything's going to jump out at you or you're ever going to have to, like, do anything. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, and that's 100, you know, that's so intentional because it's, like, a, a um, 
you know, it's, it's luring you into a gamey sense yeah. in order to, to break that and show you what a game, you know, that it's actually a different kind of game. Yeah. You know, like by, by being something more pedestrian, it sets an expectation in order to shatter it by being 100% not pedestrian. Yeah. And it was really, it, you know, in retrospect, it's a little transparent how they did that, but then it was just so perfectly done that I totally fell for it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, if, if you replay it, it's because you like it and you want to collect more things, not because you're going to have the same experience ever again. You yeah, know? of course you can't really like replay it and like, just do it again you know yeah. i mean you know where she is so <laughs> at the yeah, pawn shop and we all pray that we will have far more soon 